Welcome to the Not So Darling Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Phillips. This is a platform where myself and my guests share honest conversations while not taking life so seriously. Because let's face it, being perfect is lame. Hadley Sorson is a wife and boy mom, runner and avid reader. She is also a fitness lover who turned her passion into a career. She left her job in the mortgage business to stay home with her boys. And as the boys started to get older, she found herself stressing about what to do with her day. She loved being home with her boys, but she felt as if something was missing. She needed something for her. Enter this coaching gig. As a coach, her mission is to empower women through developing a respect and love for fitness, helping women get comfortable in their own skin through self-love, improved health, and a powerful support network. Hi, Hadley. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. This is great. I am so excited to have you on and for my listeners to learn a, a little bit about you. So tell my listeners about you. I would love to. Thanks again for having me. This is such an honor. Um, well, my name is Hadley Sorensen, and I live in the Washington, D.C. area. I'm actually in Virginia, but in the suburbs outside of Washington, D.C. And I am a mom. I'm a wife. I have three boys. I have uh, a, my our oldest is my stepson, and he's 22, and he's getting ready to graduate from college next week. Uh, and then I I have an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old, and I'm a virtual health and fitness coach. I've been doing that for about five years now, and I'm a big runner and a bookworm, and, you know, like everyone else, I've just kind of been stuck at home for a year or so trying to trying to stay busy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was funny is when you had given me your bio, um, I had read it. And then, you know, just obviously we found each other on Instagram somehow. I'm not yes. sure how we connected, but I don't know either, <laughs> but we did. And so, um, your bio resonated with me on, um, how you, a stay-at-home mom struggle with figuring out what to do with your time while your kids were at school. And, you know, I have, been feeling, you know, the same way. And my son is a teenager, you know, now he's 14. And so, you know, a couple of years back, I'm like, I need to find myself again. You know, I need to do something um, for me. I've kind of always been the person who, um, you know, just did everything for everyone else. Right. Um, and I've had, you know, part-time jobs here and there and done things, but um, yeah, so it just really, you know, hit home for me. And I thought to myself, oh, wow, like I understand how she felt. And so what, you know, what made you choose fitness and, and coaching to fill your time? Well, it was really kind of an interesting progression because, you know, I had been in the mortgage industry for a long time. I was, I was in the mortgage business for about 
for about 10 years and I was really committed to my career. And, you know, this was before I had, you know, my stepson, but no, not my younger ones weren't born yet. And I thought I'm going to be the kind of mom that needs to keep doing this. Like my career is very important to me. I was sort of addicted to like climbing the corporate ladder. It was all like a big, it was, it was a big part of my identity at that point in my life. And when I had my first, I, immediately thought, oh no, I don't want to go back to work. Nope, nope, nope. And it shocked me that I felt that way, but I thought, okay, you got to stick it out. Maybe this is the hormones. Maybe this is, you know, you got to, you got to give it a little time. So after maternity leave, I went back and then fairly soon after I got pregnant with my second and I said, yeah, no, I don't want to do this. Both of us, my husband and I, and these kind of like demanding corporate jobs, fighting over whose day was most important, who was going to get to daycare, you know, all of that didn't want to do it. So I left to stay home and I loved that. I, I felt so blessed to be able to make that decision. And it was exactly what I wanted, but it was still really hard because I felt like I sort of lost myself. Yeah. Yeah. Identity was all tied up in my career and I didn't know who I was anymore. Yeah. That that's, you know, it's weird is because for me, I kind of just, I wanted, I was lucky to stay home as well. And so I've loved every minute of it, you know, when he was younger and, um, you know, getting to do all those fun things and activities and always be there to pick him up and take him to school and go on field trips. But um, I always had a passion for something else and I always felt like something else was missing. And so, you know, I can understand where you're coming from, although it's a little bit different, you know, because a lot right. of people, I have several friends who say like, I I want to go back to work. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want to stay home and that's fine. You know, I Absolutely. mean, yeah, because everyone deals with things so differently and, and is able to juggle, I think the, you know, parenthood, motherhood, um, so differently. So I, you know, when you said that, I was like, oh, wow, you know, coming from a corporate job and then wanting to stay home, you know, because ideally it's most of the time, you know, women who are always at home and and are like, oh, I want something else, you know? So, well, and it was such a strange, it was, I, fitness was never the plan, right? I had always um, been a runner, but I will qualify that by saying you can be a runner, but not necessarily be in great shape. <laughs> and so I just had never been very disciplined or consistent. Um, and then it was after my second was born when I was home and I was struggling with two under two and trying to figure that out and just, you know, hadn't had any adult interactions since I left my job. I loved it, but you know, it's, it's hard. And I sort of stumbled on this fitness program. Remember the old Shanti insanity workouts? I, I was literally on my elliptical and I like slugging away, like trying to burn calories to work off that baby weight. And I saw this infomercial and I was like, that looks nuts, but I'm going to do it. And so we ripped the DVDs from a neighbor who had it and (laughs) I dove in and it was the hardest thing I'd ever done, but it made me fall in love with fitness in a different way. Um, and look at it totally different than I ever had. And I just kind of got hooked and it took me to a new level. I started running marathons and, and I just, I, I just fell in love with fitness. And then as I went further down that path, I realized, wait, this is something that I can, that can be for me. I can help other women feel this good too. And then that's sort of how it started to unfold. 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was going to ask you, you know, how, have you always been in fitness, but I mean, you answered that question as you were a runner and you were, um, into fitness and, and like I was, you know, I, in the beginning, like when I was in high school and stuff, I wasn't, I was like, Oh, sweating. No, you know, <laughs> you know, even though I cheered, but it was just, you know, something that I just didn't really look, you know, forward to. And, and then I thought, Oh, you know, when my friends, uh, a few of my friends had started to have kids and they had gained like a lot of weight. And so it made me really nervous. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'm scared, you know, I need to get in the best shape before I decide to have a baby. And, um, and so my husband went to the gym, so I started joining him. And then, you know, I just fell in love with it, with it so much that I ended up becoming an instructor, um, at the local YMCA. I did, um, spin classes and some boot camp classes. Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah. And so I never got into like the home side of things because I thought to myself, I would never work out at home. Like right. I remember seeing those videos um, and, and the advertisements for that program. And I would say to myself, Oh, I don't know. Can I do that? Like, I just, I need that class setting and meeting people and going, going in person, you know, and, um, I've, I've met so many people uh, that, I mean, I met my best friend, um, Tara, who I've been friends with since we met at the gym. And so we connected there and we had our kids were the same age and they basically grew up together now. Um, but, you know, I have seen so many of the fitness side of coaching, like a lot of my friends have gotten into it. Actually, my friend Tara, who I was just talking about, has um joined um doing those fitness uh, workouts at home and she was right. with me you know with covid we were like oh no I, I mean i remember times when we got up at like 5 a.m and it would because there was a snow coming and so we were like hurry up we got to get to the gym get it in yeah because we were not gonna make it you know later if we didn't because of the snow and so we both were like wow like look how our lives have changed and how we are actually working out at home and who would have ever thought. Yes. So now it's, it's so relevant, I guess, you know, for fitness to be at home. Yeah. COVID changed that for so many people who thought that they couldn't get a good workout at home or they wouldn't stick with it or they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't actually get it done. Um, it, it really sort of changed the landscape for home fitness. Yeah, it it has. It really has. And so many people really love the program. And, um, you know, I want to kind of go back a little bit when I was talking about fitness is because when I fell into it, it was something that I really um, enjoyed and it made me feel good. And mentally, I felt better. But then I kind of fell into a trap um, after a medical diagnosis into that diet you know, culture type yeah, yeah. side of things. And so it took me down a spiraling path. Um, and so now I'm back out of it and I don't want to kind of promote any kind of diet culture, you know, um, right. because I feel like it's all about, you know, mind, body, spirit, the good feelings that fitness can, and can have. And, and you may not be like, the best of the best, or you may have to modify, but it's okay because you're moving your body and it's going to help you so much. Absolutely. Physically and mentally. And so 
let's talk about mental health and how fitness can help with your mental state. Yeah, that's a big one for me. And I mean, I've talked pretty openly on my social media about mental health. I, after my youngest was born, I struggled with, you know, some postpartum depression and anxiety. And I was afraid to talk about it for a long time. And I really struggled. Um, and, and I will say that the fitness routine that I found helped me tremendously. And I, I'll, I'll say, I don't, I, you know, those memes that talk about like the only antidepressant you need is exercise. I think that sort of trivializes all the efforts around, you know, normalizing mental, you know, mental health awareness and all of that. I don't think that's true. It's not the only, (laughs) it's not the only solution for people. Um, I needed to get help and I did, but exercise was a big part of that equation and it helped me tremendously. I think in addition to just sort of the known effect, like mood boosting effects of exercise, it's that sense of like accomplishment and control and it's, it's so empowering and it truly, you know, helps you build your confidence. And I think that does have a huge impact on people's mental health. And especially, you know, in this last year with COVID and everything that's been going on in the world, I think exercise has been really important for people, um, because it's like an outlet for all these emotions, right? We've been in this sort of unprecedented time making hard decisions left and right and just so much going on um it really helps you it helped me stay sane last year for sure um and I, I think it's I think it's really important mm-hmm. yeah that's that's the same way I felt is because like I said a million times and a million other podcasts that I've done like I would have never thought that I would have been able to work out at home and so pivoting over to that And being able to do it, I felt a sense of accomplishment as well because it was like, oh, hey, I can do it. And there is a community that you can join, you know, with with this, you know, with the workouts that I do, there's a community, they've opened their studio, but now I have since moved and I'm not close to them, but I'm still able to experience that. And so just like with you and coaching, you get to, even though you all may work out maybe at different times or not in the same um, time zones or whatever, the yeah. case be, but you are actually connecting with these women um, and, and being able to, um, you know, have this community that helps. Um, yes. And it truly makes a huge difference. That sense of accountability and community, uh, it keeps people showing up and it teaches them that the process is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is. And, and to the, and then they'll, they are able to talk to someone else as well and say, Hey, look, I didn't work out today. I'm struggling, you know, or, um, I need a little extra help on my, um, you know, diet. Uh, can you help me? You know, I'm struggling because, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, I can't, or I don't, or I, you know, so yeah, I, I think that um, that's you know a positive message as well when it comes to fitness um, and and being mentally helpful. Um, yes. How do women make the shift from viewing exercise as a way to punish themselves into making it a celebration of what their bodies can do? 
Well, I love this concept because it's kind of what got me started down this path. I mean, I used to be, like you talked about, a total victim of the diet culture, right? I remember going to the gym in college and being on an elliptical for like two hours trying to burn a certain number of calories, right? I thought it was all about cardio. I thought it was, and it was, it was a punishment. It was, oh, I ate that pizza last night and I had all that beer and I have to try and burn these calories. And I was always trying to like outrun my fork, right? Trying to undo what I had done with food by exercising more. Um, And it was really unhealthy. And I also grew up just, I mean, it was that like nineties snack well era where, you know, everything was low fat and then it shifted to like South beach and it was always some fad. And so it wasn't until I started really diving into fitness in a different way and then started coaching where I realized that that stuff didn't really matter. Exercise, health and fitness isn't some like destination that you reach and you get to the end and you're there and then you're set. It's a journey and you're always going to be on it. And so I think that learning to find joy in the journey is what will kind of help you make that shift. Separating out you know, exercise from being some sort of punishment and, and really thinking about all of those like non-scale victories, I call them, right. That come from exercise. So it's not about what you weigh or how many pounds you lose. It's about, you got stronger, you increased your reps, you have more energy because you're working out more. You are feeling more confident. Your pants fit a little better. You can play with your kids all day without getting tired. Um, but really celebrating all of those wins that aren't related to a number on the scale and enjoying the process instead of just thinking of it as this punishment for what you ate yesterday. Yeah. Cause I was the same way. I remember, you know, going to a cycle class and, you know, it'd be an hour long cycle ride. And then I'd go get on the uh, treadmill and run, 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 you know, just run and <laughs> run. And I think I was just going through a lot of things like, you know, it, it's just like, there's so many factors that go into it and you fall trapped. And then, you know, with the diet, um, for me, it was like, I had to avoid all these foods because I found out that I had celiac disease. And so I couldn't eat these foods. And so I then was like, oh, what can I do now? You know, and then I have to not be able to eat this. And so it just became such a mind game. And and it just, like I said, it got me down the wrong path. But as I am here today, so much better, um, feeling so much better. And I know that diet can help someone physically and mentally, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, your diet changes do help you and you feel better. Um, and, and it's not saying like, okay, so if you do eat a hamburger from a fast food restaurant, or if you do decide to have a milkshake or a snack or whatever, that may not be in this quote unquote, you know, Diane, or, yeah, yeah. yeah. then it's okay. You know, yes. it's okay. Enjoy it and then move on. 
Right. It's not like a punishment. Don't say, okay, I've, you know, did this. Now I've got to put myself through this rigorous, you know, exercise program just because I've got to burn that off. It's just like, okay, no, you know, this is how life is. It's okay. And, you know, we'll, you'll get through it and just keep going. So yeah, I see people beat themselves up over that stuff all the time. And it, and it used to be me and there's no on and off switch, right? To fix this stuff. It's, you know, I always say it's the goal isn't to never eat a donut again for the rest of your life. It's the goal is to eat, eat well, you know, however you define that for 80% of the time. And then when you do have the donut or the hamburger or the milkshake, great, enjoy it. Don't, you know, don't punish yourself later. Don't agonize over it. Just go back to that kind of 80, 20 mentality the next day and move along your way. Yeah. It's funny too, about the snack wheels and the, um, <sighs> you remember the hundred calorie pack stuff? Yes. Do you remember had- the wow chips? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh so gross. Yeah. Is that the one that had that old, old Olestra? Yes. Yeah. And oh, I remember, um, I think one of my friends, she was dieting at the time and she had ate those and they really made her have to go to the restroom. So there were some issues. Yeah. There were some serious issues that went along with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's not funny, but it is because I remember, I remember just like working myself out at the gym. I mean, like crazy fatigue, come home. And this is before I did, you knew, knew I had celiac disease. And so then I would eat like those, like, I'd say, okay, I'm going to eat like this. And then I'm going to have one of these snack wells, you know, hundred calorie packs. And it's like, you know, cause you're counting all these calories and you're trying to like stay in this, um, cal- cal- is it called caloric deficit? Uh, Yes. Yeah. So like you're trying to stay in this. And so you're like, oh, and at the time, you know, I'm not um, educated on how like food is a, a big thing, you know, because, you know, I grew up, I'm in Kentucky. So we like, you know, Southern food and, and all that stuff. And fast food was a big thing for me. And I mean, you know, you just, you don't learn, you know, all those things until, after you have to, like with me. And so then when I, when I'm set out in front of me and you're in at a dietitian's office and they're like, okay, you can't eat this, but these are the things you can eat. And then I'm looking at it going, what, what, is, what, what is, on? <laughs> like, what is, um, you know, this, what is that? And so, you know, all those things, I mean, I did eat vegetables and fruits, but I mean, let's be straight here. I would eat like, uh, green beans with a lot of lard in them. <laughs> you know, I mean, my parents would throw some bacon grease in there. And, oh yeah, and so, um, and then you know, uh, like fruit pies and all that stuff. So that's oh. like fruit and the and the and the veggies that I was getting. But now it's totally different. But uh, I mean, it's been totally different for a long time. But still, you know, I remember those things, and and it's it's crazy how that is like a you know, a thing that people have to go through. And I mean, I'm not saying like that those, those hundred calorie packs are the worst thing because, Hey, if you want a snack and you wanted to eat one fine, or do you remember the hundred calorie bags of popcorn? Do you remember those? Oh yeah. They were, it was like a balloon. The the bag was so light. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, I yeah, I had to do a lot of unlearning 
to, you know, what I, what I thought I knew about nutrition coming from those old sort of fad ideals and learning what it means to really eat, to fuel my body. Um, and, and it's, you know, the way I eat now is completely different than the way it was 10 years ago. But at the same time, I still enjoy my wine. I still enjoy dessert from time to time. And, but it's, you know, I try to keep that balance. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. That's the same, same for me. So, okay. So let's talk about what you offer in your coaching programs. So sure. I think we touched on some of it, you know, but everything I do working with clients is virtual, which I love because it allows me to, well, one, it's been great through this last year of COVID. It allows me to reach a, a lot of people um, in a way that really kind of lowers the barrier to entry. So, you know, a lot of people can feel intimidated by the gym or don't know where to start, or they don't have money for a personal trainer or a big, you know, it's just, there can be so many things that keep people from starting and starting is the hardest part. So what I do is I work with people to help them pick a fitness program that's going to be the right fit for them. And so I partner with Beachbody and use their amazing library of fitness programs. Um, and, and there's really something for everyone from like dance workouts to Olympic style lifting workouts to, you know, hit and boxing and all just anything and everything. It's come so far. Um, and there, you know, there's things that are great for beginners. There's things that are great for people who are more advanced, but so I basically work with them to figure out what their goals are, what their needs are, what they enjoy and try to pick one of these fitness programs for them. That's going to be the right fit because the best program for you is honestly going to be the one that you're going to show up and do, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody will say, what's the best program for burning fat or for losing weight? Mm-hmm. It's the one that you're going to do. It's the one that you're going to keep showing up for. So finding something that people will enjoy and and are going to want to stick with. And the nice thing is the way these programs are designed, you're not just showing up every day and doing a workout that you feel like doing. You're following a very, you know, a, a calendar that's been you know, the, this program has been expertly put together to help you build each day after day, week after week. So you're following a calendar for 30 days or six weeks or nine weeks. It's There's all different sort of um, timelines. Uh, and it's almost like you're working with a personal trainer each day. And so you're going through it from home. You're doing it on your own. And then at the same time, there's um, two different kind of nutrition plans that I help people choose from. So they've got the fitness piece and the nutrition piece. And they are, again, they're, they're nutrition plans that are designed to teach people how to eat the right amounts of the right foods. It's all about clean eating and balance and kind of teaching people what that means in a way that they will stick with for life. So you've got the nutrition and you've got the fitness. And then what I do is I run these virtual boot camps that basically tie it all together and give us that framework for accountability and support and motivation. So just like you said, everybody might be in their basement or their living room or their kitchen doing these workouts at totally different times of the day. Um, but they're so excited to check in with this group each day 
and we're cheering each other on and I'm providing, you know, sharing recipes and fitness tips and little goal setting exercise and all kinds of motivation to keep people going. And it's this community of mostly women every now and then I have some men, um, but mostly women who are all dealing with the same issues. Right. And it's, and it's so uplifting. It's that somebody will get caught in that, Oh, I've been working so hard for three weeks and I've only gained two pounds or I've only lost two pounds. And everybody is chiming in and going, wait, who cares what that scale says? You just told me that your pants fit again and you played with your kids all day and you're, you know, so it's just everyone kind of keeps each other grounded on those non-scale victories and celebrating our wins. And it's just, it's really, it's really uplifting. And you can see everybody's confidence kind of building as they go through these programs and check off each day and realize, wow, I can actually stick with this and I'm getting stronger and faster and, you know, have more endurance. And so it's, it's really fun to be a part of. Yeah. I love the way you said that um, it's the one you're going to do, you know, the program. I love that because it's like whatever one you're going to do is what's good for you because, you know, somebody else may be doing this weightlifting one and and someone else may be doing this dance one. And to you, dance may not be the thing for you, but um, and you might not, you might start it and go, I don't, you know, and you're not going to do it. So I love that you said that. Because it's true. Yeah. It's not a one-stop-all. I see people start a program and they don't love it and they're trying to force themselves to show up every day and go, wait, wait, wait. That's why we have 30 different options. Don't try to force yourself to keep showing. You should be excited to get up and do it each day, right? This is how we learn to enjoy exercise. So um, there's always some, you know, adjustments as if somebody tries something and goes, oh, that boxing, that is not for me. I thought I was going to love it, but no way, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I could I could box because I think I would take out a lot of aggression. I used to love kickboxing. It's a anything lot of fun. Punch, yeah. Anything I could just punch in the air. Yes, I feel like I'm beating somebody up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bad, but I don't know. I mean, at least I'm not actually doing it. But <laughs> yeah, if if someone is struggling to find their way in fitness, what would you recommend them start with? Honestly, I think that we've made fitness so much more complicated than it needs to be. And at the end of the day, if you aren't doing anything and you want to get started, don't feel like you have to do something big and complicated. It's about moving your body, just moving your body. So even if it's walking every day or finding a way to go up and down the stairs a few more times or parking further away from the grocery store, all movement counts, right? And I think we've built up this. I've, I've had women say to me, well, I don't have time to do an hour long workout. So I might as well just not do anything. I'm like, oh my gosh, 10 minutes is better than nothing. Even if you, yeah, I would love you to do one of my programs and join my group. But at the end of the day, if you're not going to do it, find a workout, a 10 minute workout on YouTube. There's tons of stuff out there. Um, but just look for ways to move your body more and don't think that it has to be big, expensive, fancy, complicated. Um, 
you know, 10 minutes of exercise is better than zero minutes of exercise. 20 minutes is, is better than 10 minutes. Um, just, I, I used to think that for a workout to count, it had to be an hour and a half at the gym where let's be honest, I would wander around trying to figure out how to use the machines. And I would like throw in a bicep curl every now and then I didn't know what I was doing. And I probably only got 10 minutes of real, you know, <laughs> real exercise. Um, but really all of the science now shows that 30 minutes of exercise is, is as long as you're actually working for 30 minutes and you're, you're doing the right things, it's, it's all that you need. Um, and you can get just as great benefit from that. So don't overthink it. Look for ways to move more that ways that hopefully bring you joy, right? Whether it's getting outside for a walk or, or going dancing, or again, just walking up and down the stairs a few times in between every zoom call. I've been doing a lot of that this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny too, is because I used to think the same thing. It was like, if it wasn't, if I didn't spend that whole two, three hours at the gym and, and I wasn't working out all those, all that time, but you know, if I wasn't there that long, it was like, I was in a mood. Like it was just like, I didn't get out what I needed to get out. It was just really, and and that's not, that's not true. I mean, it's so not true. It's literally, it's yeah. It's very eye-opening when you think about it because people think that you have to spend all this time and it's literally like 30 minutes, if that, or 45, whatever. And even if it's a 45-minute class or an hour, either way, yes, you're moving your body, but it's that's a short period of time out of your day, you know? So it's it's doable. Well, and my other kind of pet peeve I'm and it's funny because I've come full circle we talked about like all the doing all the cardio trying to burn all the calories I used to be the queen of that I mean and I am an endurance runner so that's you know that but I so encourage women to lift weights to to incorporate some type of resistance training. It's so important for us as women in so many ways, aside from the fact that really to get slim, to get toned, to get lean, all those things we want, weights are gonna help you with that a lot more than cardio <laughs> Cardio is. you know. And we have, there's this misconception that if we lift weights, we're gonna get big, we're gonna get bulky. And that's just not true. It's genetically, it's very difficult for women to get bulky and get big. I mean, weights have the absolute opposite effect unless you're eating in a surplus, very specifically trying to put on bulk. Um, but weights are so important for our, you know, our bone health, bone health, regulating hormones. All, I mean, so many, so many benefits, especially as we get older. Yes, 100% true. Um, Because I used to be, I would fall trapped into that too. I was a cardio queen and I thought that if I lifted weights, which I did lift some um, back then, but um, if I did, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to bulk up and be like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm like, definitely not going to be that way. But, um, you know, you just think of that because you're like, oh, I want this long, lean, you know, body and I'm going to end up, you know, like a muscle head or something. I don't know. So, yeah. But it's a, it's a total misconception because I lift weights and use weights a lot more now. And it's not true. <laughs> um, another thing that I found that we had in common were, like you said, uh, both of us were boy moms. Yes. 
And so um, I love all the stuff that you post related <laughs> to boys. What are some truths for you being a boy mom? Well, let's see. It is, it's an adventure for sure. Oh, so many smells, so many smells, but so many sweet hugs, right? I feel like I always thought that I was going to be a girl mom because I'm a girly girl. And now I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, our house is wild. There's, it smells like feet. They're always yelling and screaming and jumping and the potty humor and the mess in the bathroom. And it's all hilarious. And I love it, but I love too, that I feel like we're raising this like next generation of men that are learning how to be sensitive and that it's okay to express their emotions. And I feel like they're also learning they're being exposed to strong women and they're learning how to support strong women and 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 what that means. And I think it's just going to be really fun to watch as they get older and kind of go out into the world because I think we're totally changing how boys are raised. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I love that too because uh, I love, you know, to tell Braxton, um, you know, like it's okay to be sensitive. It's it's okay to express your feelings and him, you know, getting to see like the first female vice president, Yes, and, you know, <sighs> right. It's just yes. like, Oh my gosh. This is so, so powerful. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so powerful. And, um, but yeah, I'm with you with like the rough play and the hygiene reminders, because I'm like, okay, did you put deodorant on today? <laughs> Okay. Um, Cut your nails. You cannot leave your nails looking like that. Or, but you know, my son, I just love it so much because he is, he will go with me to get a manicure pedicure. I love that. He, I'm like, let's go get a manicure and pedicure. And sometimes he's like, no, I don't really want to, but he will, but he will do it. You know, I love it. Yeah. You know, so, and he's so helpful. I mean, gosh, I've taught him so much, you know, as far as um, being able to pick up around the house and clean, because a lot of the times men think that's for women to do only. And me as a stay at home mom, you know, that was kind of my job, you know, you're to, you know, cook, clean, whatever. But I've really taught him that, hey, you need to pitch in, you need to like unload the dishwasher, you need to clean your bathroom, right? You need to vacuum, you vacuum. So important. Yeah, even though it's maybe really minute stuff but it's still stuff that matters that they're gonna take with them well and and for me it's like okay I you know I've I always like I said thought I'd be a girl mom well I'm not but that's okay I'm still I'm still passing on my grandma's cookie recipe I'm still teaching them how to cook I'm teaching them how to bake we do crafts we do you know I don't I don't think this you know this idea of let boys be boys in that way that used to connotate like, um, I don't know, some of the stuff that we're trying to get rid of these ideas that boys are, I I don't know, I'm not, I'm not articulating it well, but I think that, I think that we're just sort of flipping the script on how boys are expected to behave. And I love seeing that. Oh yeah, me too, for sure. Because, you know, the rough playing, I, 
I will admit, you know, it was, it was difficult for me because I don't like like rough play. <laughs> so, and I always thought that I would be a, a girl mom too. I mean, I had all these names picked out and I just knew that it was a girl. And then Isn't they were that like, funny? Oh, it's a boy. And I'm like, Ooh, I mean, I literally remember crying when they told me, and it wasn't because I was like sad. It was just like, I don't know anything about boys, like other than you know, the norm or, you know, but gosh, I would not change it for anything. No, me either. So sensitive and so sweet. And, um, yeah, he's just, well, he's my one and only, but he is definitely one of a kind. He is so thoughtful. You know, a lot of men don't understand certain things or try to help women. I don't, I don't want to say help women, but they're not as loving in some ways. And right. so for him, I feel like I wanted to teach him that you need to be respectful. You need to be more loving. You know, these are the things that for years, you know, some, you know, not all, but some of the times, this is the way things are. And so I think well, I know for us, my boys kind of roll their eyes, but they get it as when we're, whenever we're watching a movie that's a little bit older. And you know how you watch some of those movies from our past that we loved, but but then you see it through the boys' eyes and you see how women are portrayed or treated in the movies. And it was just the norm back then. And now I watch and I see it through their eyes and I'm like, oh no, this is not okay. So I'm always pausing the movie and going, okay, wait, listen up. We need to talk about this. And they're like, oh, we know, mom we know. It's <laughs> so funny. It's so funny that you say that because I have done the same exact thing. I mean, I have, and I'm like, if it's a topic that it's not about like boys, girls, it's more of like things that are going on in the world today. I'm like, right. pause. Do you understand what this means? Do you understand what they're trying to say yeah. for this or that or whatever? So yeah. Okay. Well, being a mom and a mom of a boy, you have made some really hilarious reels <laughs> and you are the queen of them. I mean, you are queen. Oh, thank you. Um, so give us some tips on how we can make fun videos. Oh my gosh. You know what? It's been so fun. When reels first came out on Instagram, I was like, oh, this is so annoying. I don't want anything to do with this. Like I, I'm kind of, I, you know, I had this in my head. I'm way too serious for that. Like, I don't, I'm not, <laughs> oh. and I just turned up my nose at it and refused to participate. Right. And we know how Instagram works, right. They are, they reward you for using their newest features and, and, and tools and functionality. And, and I just watched my engagement on Instagram like slowly decline and it was like everybody's just watching these reels and and finally I went you know what I think I just need to like try it out and try a few and once I started I couldn't stop I started having so much fun with it and it was this great reminder to like not just don't take yourself so seriously, right? It's a fun way on social media to share your personality and and to connect with people and to be real and funny. Um, and I just started 
watching more of them and going, wait, I think I could do this. Oh, wait, I could make one about boys and I could do this. And, you know, I just kept kind of coming up with ideas. In fact, I always have this running list going of reels I want to do. And then I'll be like, wait, I can't just only do reels. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's been really fun. So, you know, my advice is don't take yourself so seriously, have fun with it. And remember that they don't need to be perfect. I think we get hung up on this. Anything I put out there into the world on social media has to be, has to be perfect. Um, But honestly, the, the, the videos that do the best are the ones that are raw and real and, and not perfect because people can relate to them. Yeah. So just have yeah. fun with it. I've I've tried a few. I've I've tried a few out. So I'm 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 starting to creep my uh, dip my toes in there. Yes, it's fun. Things. Yeah, it is fun. But sometimes I'm like worried about like, oh well, look at what I look like today. I don't need to really, you know, like something. I'm like, just forget it. Just do it. You know, because it's oh yeah. Yeah, it's just silly. Like to the think- one where you think, oh my gosh, I look so bad, or I just made the biggest fool of myself. You're like, oh yeah, of course, that's gonna go viral. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when the one where you're like perfectly polished and posed, yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Um, and and I want to ask you too, because I feel like your um following is 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 really good on your Instagram. And so how, how did you grow your Instagram account? And do you have any tips on how to grow your Instagram? Yeah. Um, it's been a process for sure. And I will say, I, I always, I'm never one of those people where things just like come easily. I'm not one of those stories where, you know, what people say, Oh, I just posted this one video and my, I gained 20,000 followers in a week. Um, I've had to work my tail off because most of my, um, most of my business does come through Instagram. Um, and I've, I've worked really hard to grow it organically, right? Just building, trying to put out content that will hopefully people will relate to and it'll inspire them. Um, you know, really working hard to form relationships with people. I don't, I don't look at Instagram as a way to sell things to people. I look at it as a way to build relationships with people. And I've met so many incredible, incredible women out here like you, like I never would have known you otherwise. And, and I, and I love the, um, kind of women supporting women, vibe that is happening out here. So yeah, it's just been, it's been trying to find the right content that's going to resonate with people, working hard to build relationships and, you know, be authentic, engaging with other people, constantly sort of trying new things and, and being consistent, showing up, posting, you know, everyone always says, how many times a day should you post or what time? There's no perfect formula for everyone. You kind of have to find what fits for your audience um, and what they want to see. One fun tip is there's a great account called Insta Club Hub. And it is really great Instagram tips for growth and for using reels and for building your following in an organic way. Um, and so that's that's always one I recommend that people follow because they've got great info. Okay, good. Thank you for that. Um, I too believe that just being authentic and kind of just um, being yourself. I, I know when I first started Instagram, it was just for personal use only. Um, and then as I started to grow, well, I, I, I got off there, actually. I had 
quite a bit of following, um, just with friends and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I got off because it's been several years back. Cause I had, um, just family issues. Uh, my dad had passed away. It was just a lot. So I wanted to get off. I just had to get off. And so I started back new and it was really, um, I started with like maybe 200 or 300 and I've in the last year, I mean, it's very slow, but it's grown over to a thousand now. And this was like organically, you know, just, just doing it, just like posting pictures and a few videos or things like this, and just trying to put myself out there and meeting more people. It's been so helpful um, meeting, you know, everyone. And I, and the way I want to do, or what I want to do for mine is, you know, I want to show fashion. I'm a multi, multi-passionate. So they, I, oh, I like that. Yeah. That's so a great I have, word. Uh, but multi-passionate about different things like fashion, fitness, um, hair, skin, you know, being over 40, a mom, you know, um, just so many different things that I, I like. And so it's so hard for me to like try to stick to one because I'm like, I really like this. I like this. Oh, I like, you know, mindfulness. I like this. I just want to be fully transparent and just real out there and just be myself. And I love that. And and just grow authentically and not, and I don't want to get on there and sell a bunch of stuff or, you know, I mean, of course, if I'm approached by something that I like, then yeah, I might consider, but I'm not going to just do it just to gain followers or yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I just don't want to do that. So, um, okay. So we've come to the end of the podcast and I always ask my guests two questions. So name something in your life you've done that wasn't so darling. Oh, this is a fun question. I will say it's not so much a thing that I've done, but sort of a period in my life. I went through a year in high school where it was sort of that cliche of like falling in with the wrong crowd and getting into all the wrong kinds of trouble. And I just cringe when I think that some of about some of the stuff that I went through and some of the stuff that I put my parents through. And it's funny, people never believe it because I, you know, I guess I seem to be such a goody goody. Um, they're always shocked. But yeah, I put my parents through the ringer for that year. And I just always look back and wish I could undo it all. But, you know, I merged, I came out on the other side and I'm a fairly normal functioning adult. So I guess I, you know, (laughs) I guess it didn't ruin me. Yeah. Good. Good. Um, and who do you find to be so darling? Oh, you know what? When you asked this, I immediately thought of my mom My mom is, I would say, my best friend. I'm an only child. Um, And she is, she is, besides being my best friend, she's an amazing mom and grandmother. And she's had to deal with, you know, for the last few years, a kind of a tough lot taking care of her father and my father. And she's just sort of a selfless caretaker, but not in that way that women tend to be selfless in kind of a martyr sense. Selfless just because she's just, she loves big and she does what needs to be done. And she's always there um, for me and for anyone who needs it. And I just, I, I hope, um, I hope that I got some of that. I hope that it's rubbed off on me. Yeah, that's, that's nice. Yeah. I can say that the same thing for my mom as well. We have a great relationship and she is very darling. So 
Okay, well, tell my listeners how they can find you. I would say Instagram. Instagram is the best way. I'm at at Hadley and it's H-A-D-L-E-Y underscore Sorensen, S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N. And that's kind of where I live and breathe these days. I love, love, love being on Instagram. Yeah. And do you have like a website also or... I do. It's, it's um, HadleySorensenFitness.com. I'll warn you, it's under construction right now. I'm completely revamping it, but it's still there and you can absolutely still contact me through it. HadleySorensenFitness.com. Okay. Well, thank you again, Hadley, so much. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me. This was, this was fun. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe. And it would be so darling if you rate and review my podcast. And then head over to notsodarlin.com or follow me on Instagram at notsodarlintanya. Thanks for listening.